Okay, good evening. Good evening, everybody. My name is Kellen Jones, and welcome to BAFTA Cymru Awards, The Sessions, Actors in Conversation, uh, which is one of my favorite topics. We have uh, almost a full house of our nominees this year for the BAFTA Cymru Awards, uh, who are going to join and talk to us about how they developed the characters, how they portrayed them, the research that they sort of uh, delved into them. Apologies if I keep Looking over here, I've got another screen. It's like the Starship Enterprise over here. So I've got uh, the Q&As popping up to my right. So if I'm not looking at you, I'm not ignoring you at all. But I just welcome you here to these uh, wonderful sort of resource. So we're going to be sort of beaming out to uh, all BAFTA members and beyond around the world, all interested in this fabulous sort of array of talent that we've got to talk to tonight. And uh, just a few little bits of housekeeping here. If you want to join the conversation on social media, look at the hashtag Cymru Awards. Uh, and if you have a question, there's a Q&A function on the Zoom here, which you can uh, ask away. And after we've had a conversation between us, we're going to open it out to the, to the room, the Zoom room, and uh, we can see if we can get your question to our lovely nominees. Uh, the closed captioning is available. Uh, we're just looking back to the setup. And also, hopefully, one of our nominees um, will join us maybe midway. Um, there's a bit of uh, traffic coming back from uh, he's filming. It's Michael Sheen, and he's very, very busy. But uh, if he joins us, what a bonus that will be. Um, but uh, without further ado, I want to introduce you to this year's nominees. Firstly, I'm going to introduce to you uh, Andrea Doherty, who's nominated for It's a Sin. Hello, Andrea. Hi, Kaylin. How are you? Nice to see you. Congratulations. Diach. Oh, wonderful, wonderful news. Wonderful news. And I, I'm going to also ask Alexandria Riley from the Pembrokeshire Murders, if you can join us in our Zoom room. Hey. Hi, Alexandria. How are you? Congratulations. Thank you, Thank you very much. Oh, amazing <laughs> news. And also, Callum Scott. Howells from It's a Sin. Callum, could you join us too in our Zoom room? Hello. Hey. It's lovely to be here. Oh, it's great. Looking sharp. I love the colour. Looking at you. Thank you. I love your blazer, Callum. <laughs> from the waist up, I'm ready for a, a night out. From the waist, waist down, it's a night in. Um, but it's great to, to meet you all. Also, can we uh, invite Keith Allen to our Zoom room, please? Keith Allen, nominated for Pembrokeshire Murders. Maybe will he join us? Yeah. Hi, Keith. Is that you? Are I'm you there? That, yes, I'm here. Sorry. Oh, good to see you. <laughs> oh, thanks for being here. Congratulations. Great to see you. Thank you. Uh, and uh, an, a, a fellow North Whalian, Mark Lewis Jones from Gangs of London. Mark, are you there? Are you joining us in the Zoom room, Mark? I am. I'm here. I look um, as I've cut my head off. Oh, there we are. Hi. Hi, Mark. Looking well. Nice to see you. Good evening. Nice Great to see you. you. And uh, also, can we have Morvid Clark, St. Maud herself? Hi. Are you there? Hello. Oh, nice to see you, Morvid. I tell you, a very, very cool and dapper uh, selection of nominees. Now we're only we're down we're down two nominees. Um, Michael Sheen may be joining us later on, um, uh, but if not. Um, he'll just have to catch up and watch it, watch it on the download. And also uh, one of the uh, nominees for the actresses is uh, Judy Dench as well, but she sends her very, very best. And sorry, she can't make it, but uh, I know Judy had a, a great time working in Wales and sends a, a, a congratulations to you all. So here we are, we have uh, 
temperature murders, it's a sin, gangs of London, Saint Maud, uh, and quiz as our sort of uh, selection of uh, uh, drama coming out of Wales. And I just want to sort of delve into kind of, I just want to ask Andrea and Callum as well, I open it out to both of you, but maybe starting with you, Andrea, is, you know, it's a sin. Did you know what effect or impact a show like this was going to have on you at all? Because both of you were sort of breakout roles and a real sort of a breakout show. And uh, how, how, how was that? Did you know that from the page or was that sort of through the process or are you still pinching yourselves? Andrea? Yeah, um, obviously it's been manic actually ever since It's a Sin came out. Um, to be honest with you, Kellen, I didn't envisage it going to be such a, a massive impact for myself because I didn't think of myself as being one of the main characters. So when um, it was broadcast, I wasn't on social media or anything like that. And it was the cast members like Callum and saying, have you seen what's going on on Twitter? And when I saw it, I was overwhelmed. It was, it, it was surreal really, isn't it? But yeah, what an amazing production to be on um, in terms of learning and yeah, just being out there really. It's been fantastic and meeting all the other cast and crew members has been fantastic, yeah. How was the energy on set? Did you really feel like you were making something, you know, of its time? Was it a real sort of, uh, was it palpable? Was there sort of a, a, a synergy between you all on set? Oh, I the the um you know reaction I had with Colin you know I mean obviously I met Callum at the um the read-through even though I'd lost my voice at the read-through so I was going through the whole read-through for about three hours with no voice but Callum myself bonded as we did with all the other actors as well so the energy on set when you needed that support for those really sad scenes you got that from everybody so the bond was really close and it is now between everybody as well so yeah it was really important that's beautiful and really came through in your performance. So I loved how much the audience really took you into yeah. their hearts, really. It was such a wonderful thing. And there's nothing more exciting than watching uh, actors break out in something. I think that is because as an audience member, you're discovering uh, something quite possibly that they're discovering at the same time as well. So it's a, yeah. a wonderful thing. And, and, and Callum, how's it been for you? How's life during and beyond It's a Sin for you? It's, it's been amazing. I've I've loved I've loved it. I mean, it's I, I it's just been so cool. You know what I mean? I feel I feel I still feel I still kind of pinch myself. I still feel I feel so lucky to have been part of such a a great show, such a special show. Um, just just to be in. I mean, I'm sure I'm, I think me and Andrew spoke about it a few times. Just to be in a Russell T Davis show is is a blessing in itself. So I feel like. I just, you know, uh, the reaction to the show since has just been a bonus, really, and it's just been amazing. It really has. Just, I just don't know. I don't really know what to say. Like, it's just been so cool and so, so amazing. Yeah. Were you nervous to begin with, sort of joining, sort of? I mean, Russell, Russell T Davis is such a kind of titan of kind of British drama, and you know, the the bar is so high in everything Russell creates. Were mm. you nervous at all going into it, or were you just sort of? pure excitement and ready for no I was I was very nervous I was um oh I was bricking it to be honest <laughs> it was it's because you know I think it's because it, it wasn't not just the fact that we were going into one of Russell's shows we were going into a show that re, you know he spent 20 years creating um his conception was 20 years ago so you know for him and it was a show that was so close to his heart and a subject matter that is so close to uh, 
you know, thousands and thousands of people's hearts and families' hearts. So we really had to do it justice. So I just felt, I just felt nervous because I wanted to do the families proud that were affected by the the AIDS pandemic. Um, you know, because it, it was brutal. It was it was such a horrific. It, it is a horrific disease still to this day, and it still affects people now. And um, yeah, I just wanted to do them kind of proud and represent them in the right way you know and and it was just a lot of research and working with Andrea on kind of portraying our characters we just loved it didn't we and we had such a oh, good time we did. yeah I think I think the good thing as well is that we had such a good relationship off screen as well so we had a few laughs as well because when you're doing those sad scenes it's so difficult because you're so absorbed in what's going mm. on and and as Callum says you want to do them justice and be real but afterwards, it was really nice because we were able to go and chill for a couple of hours, weren't we? And then, yeah, yeah. it was. It was the good. only the only problem we did have, Kellen, was that Andrea's a Swansea fan and I'm a big Cardiff fan, <laughs> so mm. It, mm. It, it it sometimes got a bit heated. Yes, <laughs> I won't tell you the names they used to call us. <laughs> Wipe your feet at the door. None of that shenanigans. Of course. <laughs> My money's on Andrea anyway. My money's on Andrea. <laughs> Always. Mine too. <laughs> well, well, I'll look back to you in a second. But just congratulations. I mean, the, the, the relationship, the energy, you were part of something. You really did something. did people proud with, with great sort of panache and honour. And uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a show that really, really moved me personally to watch. And just sort of having a little recap, knowing that we were going to talk um that the the energy just sort of bounces off the screen so congratulations and you deserve all the successes all the successes um thank you pleasure uh, you're all so flipping talented it's amazing amazing congratulations congratulations um it's such varied it's just such so brilliant to see so much brilliant work coming out of wales as well isn't it it really really is mm -hmm. fantastic to see so Pembrokeshire Murders. Uh, Alexandria Keith, are you there? Yep. Like, I think. How are, yeah, there you are. Hello, sir. How was it? Was I it say you? hi to Alexandria. Hey, you <laughs> how okay? are you doing? You're all right. Well yeah. done. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And you. Brilliant. It was an amazing piece of drama, uh, obviously directed by uh, the great Mark Evans, who I'm personally a big fan of. And uh, I think Mark will just forever be the go-to guy for making these amazing true crime dramas from now, <laughs> from because he just does them so brilliantly well and so cinematic. I mean, uh, a gripping drama, brilliantly played by you both. Was there any uh, hesitation from either of you going into this subject matter, um, playing some real true-to-life characters? How 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 is that sort of? The initial sort of concept of sort of joining a, a story like this. How, how was it for you, Alexandria? Yeah, I, I think I was terrified all the way through. <laughs> I was really terrified all the way through. I think it was so, um, because I vaguely remember this being in the news and on TV and, and so on. And um, I also read the book and just just found it fascinating that this happened in, in Wales and, and terrifying at the same time. And yeah, I think we were all so focused on the fact that these families experienced this, were still experiencing this, and how that was going to uh, affect them, and and whether we'd do it justice, whether we'd 
give it the respect and sensitivity that it deserved and, and so on. And for me, that was that was a massive thing. But I think the team, I think Keith will agree that the team around it were just absolutely superb, just so supportive. Um, and a lot of the David Perry's police were involved and were helping us every step of the way and talking us through a, um, the case and what they went through and how they felt and so on. And it was always at the forefront of our minds, um, the fact that we were we were representing these people and um, highlighting what went on and the great work that the, the police did. So, but yeah, it was very daunting. It was very overwhelming for me personally. And, and as an actor, uh, along with the sort of the, the facts of the case and the, tr and the true crime of it all, sort of in terms of as a, as a performer, how you're gonna play those scenes, especially the scenes where you're coming face to face with John, you know, what was your process there? Because you're really dealing with, you know, somebody, a, a psychopath, a sociopathic tendency, somebody whose brain doesn't um, function the way that your characters do. Can you just tell us a, a, a how you sort of navigated those waters? Yeah, it was um, because Keith played it so well as well. It was, it was really scary, actually, those moments. Um, and But I think it was really about embracing them and putting myself in the position of Steve who Steve Wilkins um the actual Steve Wilkins who so wonderfully uh, you know explained to us what those moments were like and and how they had to deal with it and it was it was all about for them which I kept having to remember being in those scenes was this job needs to get done like justice has to prevail and this has to happen and so and, and it was always working towards that that goal, um, and I think what was helpful with the the character, I was, the, the person I was playing, Ella, Ella Richards, who was an amalgamation of a few different people who actually worked the case, um, she herself had all those same fears and anxieties and um, just hunger to get this done as as I was feeling in those moments. It was fear, but it was like, no, we, you did this and you are going to answer to the law for this. So I think um, it was always about uh, remembering that end goal and just knowing knowing the truth and knowing that the, the truth has to prevail regardless, you know. And, and What I loved about it was that sort of, it was one of the strongest ensembles of detectives I'd seen on a television drama for a long long time and uh, having been a veteran of tv procedural cop shows uh, I, I thought it was um fabulously told but yet it was just sort of committed to uh the telling of the story rather than sort of um uh, any kind of bolted on backstory or, or anything that kind of sort of um tripped over or got in the way or something that was needed it was just purely about this case and that made the kind of actors and the ensemble really kind of rise to the forefront and I thought that was uh, brilliantly done and, and excellently played yeah Nick was wrote it just beautifully I think it was yeah. as you say the fact that it remained really true to the story and the, the the families and John Cooper and and so on rather than veering off I think was was amazing really I mean the story is I mean congratulations you deserve all the success uh, you really do it's, it's really wonderful and and Keith for you playing this role, uh, you know, you are the sort of, you know, you know, you are the man they're hunting and uh, it's such a cracker's story. I mean, it is, you know, the truth is stranger than fiction, you know, all the way to sort of the hubris of the man 
the winning of the money when he was a younger guy, how that kind of uh, you know, fall from grace, the turn to criminality, and then getting caught through kind of bullseye, Jim Bowen's bullseye and all those things. It's, it's, I mean, how was it for you, Keith, sort of entering into the world of, uh, of this character for you as an actor? Um, well, I, re I remember when I met Mark and Ed, who produced it, you know, um, and we had quite a few chats. And I remember saying, um, I might be cutting off my nose to spite my face here, but um, I really don't have to do very much. I said, well, what, what do you mean? And I said, well, when you think about it, the character of John Cooper is described to the audience before he even makes an appearance, you know. So basically what I was saying was, you don't have to act, you, you just have to be, you know. Mm. Um, which they accepted, of course, and, and it, it was actually what they were looking for. Um, but I would like to say that, I mean, it was bizarrely successful in terms of figures. You know, I know ITV were very pleased. And I, I was trying to work out why it was, you know, so kind of impactful. And I think it was because there was no showboating in that series whatsoever or on any level. And that includes lighting. You know, you could be overdramatic with your lighting. You could dress people incorrectly. You know, every single aspect of it was about, as you said, it was about forensically analyzing a case. And if you stepped out of line, you know, to act, you were going to be in trouble. There was no room for that in this production whatsoever, which made for a fantastic ensemble piece. And even the smaller characters, they had to be on point, you know, and that was all down to Mark. I mean, he, he steered that ship absolutely brilliantly, you know. And interestingly enough, I think that the viewing public responded to it, maybe subconsciously, because of that, because it was not over-sensationalised. You know, there was nothing about it at all except the facts and obviously the characters, which were so brilliantly realised by the actor and the writer, you know. I think you're so right that, that a, a formula comes to the forefront quite, you know, the audience are very, very savvy. They become very kind of clued up to these things and they pick up a formula and they pick up tropes and they pick up archetypes yes. and they piece yeah. them together very, very quickly. And um, I mean, just in your defense to say you did nothing is, is you know- the, Oh no, listen, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's a real skill to do nothing. <laughs> I'm not being bone idle. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's something about those stringent parameters, isn't there? That all of a sudden, when you know what parameters you've got as a performer, then you know how far you can, you know, touch the side. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And there was extraordinary, believable, real uh, performance. And uh, I don't know if you ever read John Ronson's Psychopath Test. Did you ever? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a fascinating book, but just yeah. sort of watching your performance, I can sort of see how you as a performer was sort of making these kind of closing down that empathetic kind of side of oneself to kind of mm -mm. just play that moment. And um, and I think that's what was quite exciting about you playing this part is the, the context, people, the audiences have a lot of affection for you. And I love that when, an, when, when, an, when, an, when a performer has an, an audience have affection for them because then in the right way, you can really blow their minds in sort of the way you play a performance and, you know, push the boundary and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and challenge 
with a very real character because you know monsters uh, live in plain sight so uh, i thought uh, yeah 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 congrats I, I mean i went uh, it's the first time i've done it actually researched a role to that degree you know so much so that i went up to and walked his territory you know at, at dusk all the fields because i knew where they were and i've seen the documentaries etc and uh to get a sense of his wireism and his kind of, you know, the man who's in the center of his own universe, I would, uh, I used to take my daughter to boxing and she was there for an hour. So I had an hour off. So I, I used to drive, it's a terrible thing to say, but it's true. I would drive to this, one of those estates that has been plonked in the middle of the countryside, you know, and they're, they're like a ribbon development. They've got a road that goes round in a circle with cul-de-sacs off them. And I would just go and park up and turn the lights off and see if I could see in people's windows and watch. And it was actually quite horrible. <laughs> it was really not a very nice thing to do, you know, but it, uh, you got a real sense of how that would appease him and the power that he generated from doing that, you know, it's horrible. Yeah, perspective, for sure, for sure. And also how Baz Irvine sort of shot you both. Oh, listen, man, I cannot praise that guy but, but again going back to the ensemble thing every element of it was balanced like that and and the photography you know it was just so subtly and brilliantly lit it was i mean he deserves it you know sorry totally deserves it totally and like alexandria has it changed the way you sort of approach your uh, sort of work now as an actor has this sort of process sort of what's your big takeaway from sort of working like this um, yeah, definitely. I learned so much from all the because it was like the biggest role for me. It was, um, you know, um, so far challenge. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, just being around people like Keith and Mark um, and Baz and Luke as well. Just watching how they. Oh, big big props to Luke. We have to say, Luke. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Without a doubt, man. Brilliant. He's a total gentleman, and he deserves all the success. And what a fabulous sort of leading man quality. He has an, he has yeah, an yeah. old-fashioned leading man quality, which is, you know, really unique. No, I agree. And he's so he's so um, giving and generous on yeah. set. And I yeah, I just learned so much from from all of them for just the cho making choices and really mastering their 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 offering when they're on set and things like that and the way they got into the mindset it was all so subtle but so detailed and i think i really took that and have have i always resort back to that going into anything else that i do just really getting into mindsets and um, not being afraid to make bold choices and offer offer things up uh, well, you know, I could, I, I could talk about the show for, forever. Just congratulations to you both. It really is fabulous work. And, you know, I, 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 I was uh, cheering you on from the sidelines. If you can say that with subject matter like this, but there's something about good work that just makes you sort of, you know, makes, we all feel proud for it. So uh, congratulations there. Really, really fabulous. Really fabulous. Uh, now, Mark Lewis-Jones, Gangs of London. <laughs> Mark. No, stra no stranger to uh, BAFTA nominations and, and BAFTA awards. And I think you're busier than the wind at the moment. I think uh, <laughs> you're, you're in everything. Uh, how are you, Mark? And congratulations on another brilliant performance. 
Oh, thank you very much. Uh, yes, I'm very well, thanks. Yeah, yeah, I'm. Uh, I love doing gangs. It was uh, it was a great. Um, I, it was my second outing with Gareth. Um, How was that? Uh, well, it was very different to the first one. The first one was a kind of uh, smaller, kind of um, in a way more compact. In, in a mm. way, you know, got it all in the in the same area of uh, we we. They built a big set in Margam Park, and we did the majority of it there, interiors and exteriors. So it was a much smaller kind of world, really, I guess. And um, but Gangs was huge and sprawling, and uh, but you know, kind of represented every corner of society, you know. Um, and because I was playing the king of the gypsies, all the gypsies were Welsh, so. Can you <laughs> we, uh, yeah. In the Edwards, we managed to. So the the fifth episode, the bit that you saw there at the end was uh, the fifth episode where we <clears throat> meet our come to the end, and um, that was all shot in Wales. That episode that was um, um, in Pencoid. Um, so he had a real kind of. So he brought back the kind of apostle team. <laughs> that fifth episode always felt like back to the world of apostle, where Gareth kind of really functions, you know, he's kind of really happy with his people, you know, he's, um, I guess that's where he came from, really, from the Indonesian, you know, the raid films, you know, I, I guess, you know, when he gets that. Yeah, his, story, his story is a movie in itself, isn't mm. it? A, yeah. A boy from a call centre in South Wales going to the, you know, East Asia and then becoming this sort of huge yeah. action movie director and then coming back to Wales it's a it's a phenomenal journey it um, is yeah he's such a lovely guy as well it was so he's what, what Keith was saying there about Mark you know you could say it about Gareth as well you know he's such a, a lovely guy on set and you know includes everybody and makes it all a kind of really lovely working space and and you know the people he has with him his regulars Matt Flannery's you know the DLP's guys they're all a couple of them are Indonesian. They've worked with them for years, and and it's a lovely, it's a lovely feeling. You know, it feels kind of um, unpressurized in, in a strange way. Even though you're doing something huge like gangs, you know, in in the you know on the set in the the pointy end, it feels unpressurized. You know, and, and it's and it's lovely for that. And he has a particular way of working. You know, with mm. with any with any um, kind of action sequence. You know, he does it all in sort of short segments and. Uh, and he has his computer on set and he edits on set. So you only, so if you're doing a big fight scene, you only do the little bit and then you get it right and you move on to the next bit and you do it like that. So you don't run the whole thing over and over again and hope to catch it. So it's a really, um, it's a really economical way of working and it's, and it's very effective because he cuts it so well. You don't even notice it when you watch the, you know, those big fight sequences at the beginning and the big pub fight sequence in the in gangs and stuff and this, all the stuff we did in in the house in uh, in F5 it's all kind of shot so you know economically as I say it's um it's a great way of working and, it, and, it, and as you say you, you, you know you kind of you feel as if you're moving forward all the time you know That's, yeah um, I suppose if he sets an environment like that then you you're you're in the right position in the right space to take the biggest leap aren't you because I wanted to ask you a question about how um because obviously we've worked together a couple of times over the years and I've admired you from afar and, and I know what I know Ditto. about you. are very kind of, um, you know, and, and it was amazing with all your kind of marathon running and, uh, and, and that sort of adventure of all. But dealing with levels of violence like this and with the character, is there some, 
is there a part of your brain that you have to switch off when you enter a character like that or is it is it accessible or just sort of your process of playing playing characters are very interesting characters who carry carry a, a violence within them and it's not necessarily just beating people up all the time but just these characters that have palpable violence in them i just wanted to inquire that sort of is, is that sort of uh is that easy for you to, as, as an actor to access, or is it something that uh, uh, gets more and more challenging as you go on? Well, I, I find, I, yeah, I suppose I find it, um, I find it quite accessible, I think. I don't think I wouldn't say easy is the word, but I find it accessible. You know, in, in uh, Apostle with Gareth, he, he was a psychopath, you know, so there was sort of no redeeming features really. But, but with Kinney, I always felt really at, at the heart of their story was this, tender relationship between father and son mm. so you know that, that's really the heart of it you know the 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 violence really is is kind of on top of that you know and and so really if you play you know the violence will be filmed in in a kind of choreographed technical way you know and as long as you understand that this man is capable of extreme violence but mm. at the heart of it he has the reason why he goes to the length he goes to is because of the love of his son you know so so you've got those two things you know coexisting and so and so that kind of violence i think is always more interesting than a psychopath you know and mm. you know you've played a psychopath brilliantly which i saw recently keith has you know it's it's they, they are they're, they're a different they're a kind of different animal, really, because they're you know, essentially mentally ill, aren't they? You know, whereas someone like Kinney comes from a violent world, you know, he's seen violence as a kid. It's part of their culture. It's part of his nature as a kid, and he's grown up with it. And and but you know, um, one of I think one of the things I loved about gangs was that there was all this violence, but there was also these wonderful, tender loving stories between families as well, you know, and that ours, I thought, you know, was was really about that love between a father and son. I've got four sons, so I access that quite. It's what quite. works well with, like, when you watch The Sopranos, isn't it, where you can watch Tony yeah. Soprano do all the unspeakable things and then go home and get into an argument with his kids over lunch. And Yeah, and, yeah. Those two worlds are wonderful, aren't they, when they coexist? Yeah, totally, totally. But I, I think you're right. That's why your performance really kind of, shot because it's it's sort of anchored so well in that kind of truth that you kind of there's a reason for it and I suppose that sort of you know when you sort of carry on is it easy to sort of is it easy to sort of leave the king of the gypsies at work when you go home or uh, do you have to go yeah, for I don't, I don't, clear I, don't I don't take them home with me no no I leave them there and, uh, you know, you kind of you kind of live it, you know, as you're going through, you know, you kind of live it. If you're in the job, you're sort of thinking about it, mostly subconsciously, I think, for me. You know, it's kind of there with me. It's in the background and all you see something. You know, I remember, you know, preparing for gangs. I was having a coffee with a fella down the road here and he had loads of rings on his fingers, like, um, you know, these, uh, what are they called? The uh, sovereigns and things on every finger. And I thought, oh, that's it. I want that. You know, I'll have that as Kenny, you know. And... Um, it was just like really kind of little doorways, you know, that kind of opened and uh, and then and then you know you just kind of subconsciously let it play away. I think for me personally, that's how I work. I don't take them home with me and and, and uh, pretend I'm king of the gypsies here in Canton. No, no, wouldn't last. <laughs> wouldn't last. I wouldn't fancy your chances. <laughs> uh, Mark, another brilliant performance, mate. I I, I really congratulations. I, I just love. I love what, what what you're doing with with you know 
watching you pop them in the films and the shows and every character has a different nuance and 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 heart there's so much heart and i think that's what it's almost like with keith playing uh, his character there's some sort of affection and heart that context so you can go into um monsters should be played with people with a big heart i think because mm. that's how the message will resound will reverberate the loudest because uh, they don't you know so uh, congratulations and uh, I think it's amazing. And I love your Pont Porth and it's more picture in the back there. It <laughs> <laughs> wasn't deliberate, I promise. Yeah. My wife, my wife. I, missed, I missed you in Hollyhead. I missed you in Hollyhead. Oh, moment. bless you. I know, I know. <laughs> See you soon, I hope. In, oh, in I'd love that. I'd love that. Um, and now we're going to talk about St. Maud, Morvid. Morvid, very patient Morvid Clark. <laughs> Hi. How are you, Morvid? I'm good at it. Are you in Middle Earth still, or are you back? No, I'm back. <laughs> um, but Wales is Middle Earth to me as well. Um, no, it's been lovely listening to everyone, and like, I feel it's been a great year to sit next to someone English or just not Welsh and be like, they're Welsh, they're Welsh, while watching TV. And like, it's been, yeah, wonderful to see, and yeah, just so many varied stories coming out, and now to hear them talking about it's great. Now... You, you scared the living daylights out of me with the same more, but also moved me to tears as well. Um, I don't think I ever want to see anybody put shoes on like that again. Um, <laughs> but it's an extraordinary film and an extraordinary performance. I mean, just take us, how, how did you, you know, what was your gateway? Obviously Rose's directorial debut. Yeah. Someone says you're going to play a, a sort of pious nurse who's sort of, you know, is going to, uh, you know, essentially flagellate herself to death, practically, you know, to mm. the life of somebody. How was, I mean, where do you start with that? What's the first conversation? How did, was it a, an audition or was it a, a meeting or how did, how, how did it work? Yeah, well, I, I got the script and um, like a few weeks before I had an audition and I, I it was so, it, there was, so much of the work was just done by reading it because Rose had written something that was already kind of so complete and I, I hadn't didn't have an actual audition for it yet so I remember just being like oh no I can't have read this and then not end up having an audition and then I had an audition with Carmel Cochran who's the casting director and but Rose wasn't there and it wasn't till my third round that I met Rose and by this point she would become like so fascinating to me in my head I was like who is this person who has written this and um we just kind of clicked straight away and I think um I I've been I I find the person who's like been an outcast and has then kind of through that become incredibly superior really like fascinating and I think also I think I can like have elements of that with myself being like oh well that didn't go well it's because like I don't know just being an odd person at school um and so I really loved like the fragility of Maud with um her like intense arrogance that she could like save someone's soul and I think that's what really excited me about it he's like but also I I felt like even though you're following someone on their own for lots of the film um it really reading it, it just made me feel like gosh we just need society so much to like look after each other because Maud has taken herself out of that and so it kind of made me fall in love with people while watching somebody who needed love. You know what I mean? No, totally. It was a, it was like almost like a, a, a tragic poem of loneliness, uh, mm. and I can see sort of society letting people fall through the gaps. You know, to 
you know, to, to um, you know, for want of a better phrase, really. Um, mm. But it, I mean, the film came out, it was extraordinary success here in America, but also and critically, brilliantly critical success, despite it sort of being marketed like a horror film, but it was so much more than a straight horror film, wasn't it? It was like a, a psychological drama, really. Yeah, I think when we were filming it, I saw it much more that I was filming sometimes a comedy and sometimes a tragedy and not so much the horror. And, yeah. um, but I've, I've always been much more frightened by like them, um, kind of psychological horrors than kind of ones with lots of blood and kind of gore like that and I think the horror of loneliness is something that kind of can come for everyone so I found kind of I I didn't realize how horrifying I'd find that until I watched it um but also I think um I think the loneliness of um Amanda's character that Jennifer played was also kind of something that we all like come to as well um, and kind of, yeah, oh, lost my thread a little bit. No, but. no, I know. <laughs> because it was apparent watching your character, she was lonely in a busy world. And, yeah. And, 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 and Jennifer Earle's character was, was sort of empty in a full world, if for one yeah. place. But yet they were both kind of connected in their kind of, the fact that they were sort of lost at that moment in time. Mm. That, that, how was your relationship with the, the cinematographer in that film as well? Because it really is you. I mean, I love I, the film is brilliant, and you're it's an amazing performance. Robbie. It really, really is amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my, um, my, my, I told my nephew Max the other day, I was like, oh, I'm going to be talking to Bobby Clark. He's like, She's amazing. <laughs> he said, I watched the film again last night. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, that that sort of to spend that you know, real cinema, wasn't it? To spend that time with this character up close mm. and their thoughts. What was the process going into that? Well, um, the DOP Ben Fordsman was, it was also his first film. Like it was kind of my first lead in Rose's um, first feature. And um, we just all kind of, and there were quite a lot of people who was their first time on it. Um, and I just think we all believed so much in Rose's script, but like, Ben and Rose just connected so much artistically and he was such a champion for her on set as she was for him um, and I, I do think that certain scenes that kind of I found quite kind of emotionally difficult if I hadn't been doing those scenes with like a DOP like Ben it could have been very difficult so I was really very lucky that I, I felt as safe as I could while playing a character who was anything but safe. Yes. No, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, it, sensitively done, I guess, and working with the intimate directors and stuff like mm. that. Been, well, you, you deserve all, all the all the plaudits, Morvid. Um, you know, oh. and it's been wonderful just to watch your trajectory as well as, a, as, a, a, as an actor. And we can't wait to see you in uh, Lord of the Rings as well. Oh, thank you. How long were you down in New Zealand for? Forever, were you there forever? Um, I was there for 18 months and um, it is like Wales on steroids. I felt like at home, but also like, it's huge. My goodness. Um, but yeah, it's a really magical place. Um, yeah, my, yeah my, my father was in the Merchant Navy and he, he it was the one place, I think he nearly jumped ship in New Zealand. Oh, really? Like, this is, I'm staying. I'm definitely staying. Yeah. You know, um, well, congratulations. And if anybody hasn't seen, uh, you know, the same more yet, go and watch it. 
but you know, watch what maybe watch an episode of The Simpsons after it or something like <laughs> that, you know, or uh, a nice tea and biscuit or something like that. Um, but uh, I, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna open up to some questions I've got popping up here, and because we're all best of friends and we're in such a big room and. Um, it feels like a year ago uh, I spoke to Andrew and Callum. So well, let's open it out to everybody or let's have a little wave and, and see if we can uh, answer these questions for these lovely people who are adoring you. So, he, oh, here's a question to Callum and Andrew, a huge fan. Was it difficult to play a character with such a similar name to yourself? Quick answer, I guess. <laughs> I did call, call him to Callum. Um... <laughs> Very versatile. Very, very, yeah, it was very hard. I had to really kind of, um, I had to sometimes not, I had to ask people not to say the name because <laughs> it was so demanding. He used to say of Robert Mitchum, he was so versatile, he could play with or without a horse. So you can play Colin or Callum. I think that's that's great. Yeah. Um, here's a question to everybody. How much research do you personally do when having to play a non-fiction character? That's the whole room. Has anybody got a good answer for that? It's no one to nobody specific. That's from Nyla Webb. Playing a non-fiction character. Mark, I guess you were a non-fiction. Yeah, I'll, I'll speak here. Yeah. Um, how much? I, I guess I work from the script. If this, you know, it's, I, I take uh, most of the stuff from the script. But things like, you know, as I said earlier on the rings and stuff like that, you know, you kind of pick up stuff when you know you're about to play a part and you read the script a couple of times. I do. Then um, I guess I'm kind of on the lookout. Then I'm sort of like a, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a magpie. Then I'm on the lookout for people's mannerisms and stuff. But mainly subconsciously, it's just kind of it's just in my, um, you know, they're on my radar. Then so um, I, I, you know, non-fiction characters, I don't go out of my way to do a lot of uh, a lot of uh, homework. But uh, yeah, once I know I'm playing the part, I'm kind of primed. I tell you what, I think the film that stars Mark Lewis Jones and Keith Allen, people are going to be scared witless. There's uh, Keith <laughs> staring at people through windows and you observing their mannerisms. I think uh, that's a movie. Uh, let's, let's make that happen. <laughs> uh, um, another from Nyla. Alexandria is a question. Um, being a powerful Welsh, very talented black woman, how do you feel being nominated for a BAFTA? And do you think Wales is now being recognised for its talent? Alexandria. Um, yeah, I, well, it's overwhelming, um, being nominated. I, I wasn't expecting it at all. And it was just, especially for this role, I was just so humbled and so appreciative that it was acknowledged, um, for such a story, you know, such a, an, a, a tragic story. So I, yeah, completely overwhelmed. Um, and I think, well, there's so much talent in Wales and I think, I feel like maybe it's because I'm in it, but I'm like, yeah, people have always known Wales is just amazing for talent. Of course, everyone knows Wales. Is, but it is it is great lately that a lot is being filmed here. A lot is um, being written here. And I think, yeah, just more of that, more of that. And I think people definitely know that um, Wales is just bursting with talent. 100%. Yeah. Who knew? We knew. We knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was... Uh... Yeah, I, 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 I think I remember years ago when Twin Town had been released and there was a big billboard in Euston Station. And I think the quote <laughs> above it was, uh, it invites, it Wales invites the rest of, of the world to swivel. 
or something like that. It was just a brilliant sort of audacious quote. And I remember some, as, the, as a drama school at the time, sort of seeing that billboard and thinking, oh my God, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's happening and it's still happening. The, um, so let me ask a question to the, so if you could work with any director or actor, who would they be and why? Keith, can I ask you that question, Keith? No. You don't have any... <laughs> yeah, of course you can. I just can't think of an answer. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I've worked with some... Well, I'd love to work with Mark, Alexandria, Callum, Morbid, you know, everybody, obviously. Um, you can make wow, it. Wow, that's a tricky one. That's the easy answer I wouldn't want, like to work with. Um, I don't know. I've worked with Michael Sheen. Uh, my God. Who would I like to... Oh, I know, David Trelfill. Yeah. Yeah, I'd oh. love to work with him. Yeah, I'd love to work with him. He's a brilliant actor. Yeah. He's a brilliant actor. Yeah. 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 He's a, yeah. I remember I did one of the very last episodes of Shameless with David and uh, watching yeah. him become that character, you know, from the David who turned up and then once he was in it, he was uh, extraordinary. Yeah, he's brilliant. I think yeah. he's a brilliant actor. Totally brilliant actor. I always say him as well. Love him. <laughs> <laughs> he was Smike, of course, years ago. He was Smike, wasn't he? In, um, in this yeah. Is... And my mum always used to say she came out of that show and was like, I was walking on air, going to the tube. I was walking on air. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Andrea, what about yourself? What are you, uh, is there a, a wish list for you, Andrea? Well, to be honest, Kim, I'd love to do some more Welsh language things because I haven't done that many. And a lot of my work now has been outside of Wales. So, yeah, I'd like to do more Welsh language things. Um, there's a lot going on in Wales at the moment, or even sort of Welsh-based productions would be nice as well. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to do that. I'm working with more sort of like local directors as well. Mm. And Peter Ho, who directed us in It's a Sin. It'd be great to do work with him because he was absolutely top-notch, wasn't he, Carl? Mm. In terms of teaching yeah. us as well, wasn't he? Yeah, very patient and, and um, just so lovely. Just he was awesome, so so lovely, and yeah, he's he's actually directed a lot in Wales as well. Actually, he he directed a, a lot of Doctor Who, yeah. Um, yeah, so he was he was really cool and really very just lovely and yeah, patient. Yeah, Peter yeah. Hall. Well, years and years ago, uh, I remember I I was a teacher in Grange Hill. I played Mister Green in Grange Hill, <laughs> and the and the and the 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 hot young buck and the directors was Peter Hoare and he came oh, in and everyone was saying that guy's going places he's, a, he's oh, amazing, amazing. he's and just he's just directed the last of us which is one of my favorite video games ever so it's it's cool so cool so cool ah oh, wait well no Cam, what would you say do you have a, a dream welsh role here's a question from Sean Elig here what would your dream welsh role be if you have a dream Welsh role. Dream Welsh role, as in, as in, like a Welsh character that it already yeah, exists. Not, not like a bread roll, like a, like a like a, <laughs> like a braises bread roll. No, um, a Clark's uh, sandwich. No. Yeah, <laughs> as in Horvis or or yeah. No Welsh. <laughs> yeah, I I um I well I I loved the film Hathwin. I mean, I I studied it in school and I I was always. I always loved that film, so I guess I'm. It's already taken, so that that's not happening anytime soon. Um, but I don't really know. I think I, I anything that's Welsh, I I always just open open my eyes and open my ears to 
to kind of jump at it because I think the more Welsh that's on telly, the better, really, because we are the the best country ever made. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think I think yeah, I think any Welsh role as yeah, please yeah. Well, if it's been done before, could do it again. I mean, you know, we've all we've all had a go at Dylan Thomas. It seems like so. Uh, well, of course, yeah, yeah. I'd be a great. I'd make a great Polly Garter, I'm sure. Of course. <laughs> Call me Dolores, like doing the story, for sure. Now, um, uh, question, Moravid, can I ask this question to you, please? Do you feel proud of how much this is? Oh, this is by anonymous attendee. Do you feel proud of how much is being filmed in Wales at the moment? Do you think the Welsh talent is getting more recognition globally, Moravid? Um, well, I I was really lucky to be in um his Dark Materials, and um those were books that I like was obsessed with growing up um absolutely loved them and both my parents read them to me at different times and um I'd then I'd also kind of in my like fantasy land be like maybe I'll be in a big show one day like maybe one day and then I ended up filming that in Cardiff with Eros Lynn speaking Welsh to me on set and those were two things that I just didn't think would go together and so that that was really amazing. And I was kind of like, oh, like, I, I am like, I also like know loads of my friends have gone into the film industry in Wales, like in various different um, parts of it. And so I think it's, yeah, a really amazing time. But um, I think that coming from Wales, you are blessed because I, I, I never realised how much access I had to the arts, how much pride I had mm -hmm. in kind of the arts and like the songs and poetry of Wales. So I do think that, I think that we are exploring our culture more deeply, more honestly, and there's lots to still be explored. And yeah, I feel really great to kind of be a Welsh actor now. Yeah. <laughs> also, isn't it nice to sort of go and be a Welsh actor and represent elsewhere and not, and not and for, you know, to go and be a Welsh actor in things, you know, across the other side of the, the world, you know, to go and be in other projects, to be sort of have a, a real kind of international outreach as well to sort of take our stories and to take our, you know, uh, characters and, um, and, yeah. and sort of real sort of share it sort of as broadly as possible. I mean, that must, that, that must be. And great. on that though, when is someone going to do a Mabinogi film? That, that needs to be done if we're talking about great Welsh characters. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say yeah. something, from, something from the Mabinogion. We've already yeah. got Polly Garter, Callum. You can't have... Um, oh, yeah. You Sorry, I'll just... With yeah, yeah, I'll just be quiet. I, I've spoken. Like, I can't have it all. No, you can't have it all. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, we think we could cast it here now. Uh, Mark, I've got a question for you, Mark. What was it like shooting the Russian roulette scene with Richard Harrington in a Gwish? Um, yeah, well, I've worked with Richard, as you know, quite a lot. And, uh, we and played we, Russian roulette together at some point. Yeah, and uh, we, um, <clears throat> we ran across a desert together in, um, yeah. in Morocco. And um, some of it was filmed and some of it wasn't. And the ones and the bits that weren't will still remain in the desert. And um, yeah, no, it was great. I love working with Richard. And uh, to be, I loved doing that little bit in the Gwish. It was, um, it was, it was beautifully written I thought that bit and uh, you know Richard's character had just such a sort of trail through this uh, through through the series you know and then comes across this this strange character I was playing and um, yeah it was uh, 
was, we had great fun. We always have great fun when we work together, you know. So it um, didn't really matter that the scene was so um, big and heavy. It was that uh, we had great fun around it, you know. And uh, yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's an old mate and I, I love working with him. Oh, that's lovely. That that was for, for Rain Braun who, who uh, asked that question. Now, the um, uh, this is to, now you can all pitch in here. Uh, this is a, a question from Gareth Thomas, but also Ivan Coyle. Uh, similar questions. Gareth says a huge fan of all your work. What would be your advice for any aspiring actors starting out in the business? And Ivan also said, what would be your advice for up and coming Welsh actors? Um, so, if I if, would. Um, learn a skill like plumbing or carpentry or any kind of job, really. And I'm not being flippant when I say that. The uh, the percentages are, are, are pretty harsh, you know. So you're going to be in a, a minority. And what that requires is absolute commitment. You've just got to commit to being uh, an actor and know that's one, what you want to be and never, ever stop feeling that's what you want to be. Don't get disheartened. And a tip that I could give you is whatever job you get offered, no matter how small it is, always commit and give everything that you can. It doesn't matter how small it is, because what you'll be doing is you'll be exercising your acting muscles. And at some point you will need those. So never ever underestimate the part that you're doing. Always commit 100%. And you will feel like an actor. I mean, that's the advice I can give. Oh, that's brilliant advice. Brilliant advice. I always say I, I get asked a lot because I have a I do various things and writing and producing and directing now and, and sort of and, and still acting. And people always want to say, what what do you what do you prefer? And um and the fact is it's that it all came from commitment. It came from committing to being an actor. And I I, I think I I be, once I committed to being an actor, that's allowed me to be a teacher. I've worked in prisons. I've Listen, I'm, I meant it when I say I'm not being flippant. You I know, learn you a skill. It will be very, very handy. You will earn money. But because you're committed, you won't stop being an actor. A hundred percent. No, I completely hear you. I think it's 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 brilliant. There's no um, only you can retire yourself. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, yeah, no. yeah. No, I love that. Does anybody else have any advice at all for young up and coming? Um, actors? I think this is sounds like quite a soppy one, but I think it is. I, I think it's helped me in that there's a Van Gogh quote that he's like, "There's nothing more." I'm gonna butcher it now, but like, there's nothing more truly artistic than loving people, and I think you've got to, as an actor, like, just keep loving people around you and people that you pass in the street, and like, have affection for all, everybody, and that's when I think that you will be able to access different parts of characters and have real respect for them and be able to kind of really feel proud of yourself for representing different people is if you really truly like love people as well as yourself. So oh, take care of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Take care of yourself and others really because you've got to, to play these characters, you've got to love them and love the people around you as well. No, I think that's great. Is there any more advice from our esteemed panel? Variety. Sorry, you, sorry, you go first, Andrea. Oh, I, I was going to say that obviously I trained as a nurse and a midwife first of all, and I think um, along the lines you pick up empathy, um, you learn empathy, um, you 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 see different types of people uh, on a day to day basis. You can learn from them. So when you're doing 
um, your characters, you can actually bring parts of those people into those characters. So everything and everybody you, you come across, you can bring a little bit of that into the characters and never give up. I think that's the thing. Just keep going until you eventually get the smaller parts and then build up. Totally. Keep swinging. Keep swinging. No, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and, and, and everything, every experience is valuable, isn't it? You know, every experience. I mean, being a nurse, I mean, just you know there's no drama school could give could could teach you what no. you what your time of being a nurse and that's just now in you as an actress and that's why audiences uh, they feel you you jump off the screen to them you know and uh, they're very uh, moved by you because there's a there's a learned there's a real life lived behind your eyes that's beautiful well uh let me end on um this is this is not a question um oh the there's, uh, well, an anonymous entity asked for advice on starting out at an older age, but I think starting at start should be the answer to that. But from Rain Brohan, Braun from Denver, Colorado, USA, and he says, I just want to say thank you to you all. I've been learning Welsh by watching Welsh shows, but my takeaway has been some of the most talented people I've seen on screen and the most brilliant stories. Thank you for sharing your art with the rest of the world. There you go. Denver, Colorado. Um, I, I could chat to you forever, but I'm sure you're all going to have your tea. And um, I wish you all the very, very best. And uh, it, it's been an absolute honor to be in your orbit, or your virtual orbit via Zoom room. And I hope I will be raising a glass to you all at uh, the uh, awards when uh, when we're watching them next week. Um, but until then, I wish you all the best. Thank you very much for sharing. Thank you very much for your brilliant performances. Thank you very much for making me just feel so proud to be part of this community. And um, yeah, keep, you know, be clever, be kind, never be cruel, and let's keep moving forward. And I will see you down the road. Diolch and Varian. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining us. And remember, you can listen to previous BAFTA sessions and podcasts at guru.bafta.org.